What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Browner and Lawhead. I'm John Browner. I, as always, will be joined by my co-host and comedian extraordinaire, Jason Lawhead. And today, we are breaking down some of the most critical things happening in sports. You will not believe the conversation we're about to have because this show is about more than sports. We're about listen. When we get to this topic, you will probably stop and pull your car over. Wish you could call in, but you can't. Because on the Mightier 1090, we are doing this all on the cloud. So we ain't really got that service set up yet. But when we do, y'all can. What am I talking about? This is Brown and Lawhead. We're on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. We're part of the Great Friends Podcast Network. We are also on YouTube. We're also on uh, iTunes Podcast under Kaplan and Crew as Browner and Lawhead with the show with the date in front. Jason Lawhead, what's up, brother? What up, man? I'm excited about because you know you always we, we like to keep a lot of things a surprise since we only do a one hour show. Um, you and I could go on for hours. We don't really <laughs> do a lot of show prep, so I'm on the edge of my seat because I don't really even know what we're what you're bringing to the table right out of the gate. And uh, but I can't wait. So uh, uh, doing well. This is going to be our 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 kind of our our Wednesday show of the week because you're going to be out tomorrow. I'm going to be filling right. in for you on Kaplan and Crew, and and we're just going to play a best of of one of our shows tomorrow. So, um, yeah, let's get it going. I want to know what what's what's cooking here. So on the show today, we're talking to Sean Watson in his trial. He's now speaking to the NFL offices. Somebody dropped an N word on Twitter. Apparently, that was retweeted. While they were pitching, we'll get into that. We're gonna do Browner's list on who's who's playing, who's winning these, who's who will be meeting in the NBA finals. We'll do a Browner's list because the Eastern and Western Conference NBA uh start today and tomorrow. And obviously, like Jason said, I won't be here tomorrow. I gotta go to court. Uh, but let's start the show with this. Money's tight for everybody. I mean, not not everybody, but for most Americans, a, a wide range of Americans, money is very tight these days. What you choose to spend your money on is very important. Going to a ball game is very important. Going out and trying to enjoy yourself is very important because, like I said, money is tight. And if you get the luxury to do some of these things, it's a plus. But we have a national tragedy happening. Not everywhere, most places. I'm going to read to you. What it cost at the 2020 PGA Tour for beer. $18. Mm. A salad. Because y'all know how I feel about salads. $16. A damn Gatorade is $7. Listen, let me explain something to you. If you're going to take your family to a game, not this in particular, because that's outrageous, but that helps drive my point home. If you take your family to a baseball game and you add up the price of all the tickets, simply buying food and drinks will overshadow the price of the ticket at almost any arena you go to. This is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. Jason, you went to the Masters this year because white folks mm -hmm. love to go to something named the Masters. You go <laughs> to the Masters. What were the pricing of things like? Well, that's the one anomaly with the Masters, right? So the Masters... Break... Are they like in and out? The prices never change? Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, almost to that to that point, yeah. So the one novelty with the Masters is if you do get tickets, which are 
is a that whole ecosystem we talked about before, which right. is a wild, which is a wild way to like get that distributed. Because the Masters has breaks away from the PGA Tour in the sense that it does it owns its own entity as the Masters. That's why there's the Masters.com, and you can only view it on there until the TV um, time contract comes up on the four days over the couple of networks. And what happens is the, it's a country club, and so the concessions are very cheap. It's the one thing that's kind of known. I mean, we were getting 12-ounce cups of beer in a cool souvenir green Masters Cup for 6 bucks. You oh. get a pimento and cheese, which is the famous sandwich down there, or an egg salad, or a little uh, a, a little barbecue brisket sandwich, or and they're all... And the concession lines are so effective. They're like cafeteria style. You pick things off of a thing. You get to the end of the line. The beer taps are at the end of the line. Domestic or or import is the same price. It's six bucks for a nice 12-ounce cold cup that you can keep. And that's the best part of it. The gear, the stuff that you buy is, is really expensive. Um, you know, they can ship it for you, which is a cool thing if you want to buy a lot of stuff. But, yeah, like the shirts, um, those types of things. Um, but yeah, th- it's insane out there everywhere, you know, um, you know, even the cheap ballparks, which are like, you know, Anaheim, you know, Artie Moreno's known to have like the lowest concession prices in pro sports. And yeah, you're still paying 12 bucks, 11, 12 bucks for, a, you know, an eight, even if it's a bigger 18 ounce pour, you know, maybe the cans or something. It's with those tall Coronas, I think, which is like the best price at Anaheim, which you can get like the the tall boy Corona for like mm-hmm. 10 or 11 or 12 bucks, something to that effect. And that's supposedly a great deal. The undercurrent of Petco that I hate. It is. Let me tell you what I love before I tell you what I hate. It's the best ballpark in baseball. It's beautiful. It's comfortable. There are, I've not sat in a bad seat yet. I still got some seats to go. But I haven't sat in the bad seat yet in Petco. Mm-hmm. The the hidden truth is that Petco is expensive as hell. They tell you that we've got this food and this food and this food, and they do the food there is spectacular. It is expensive as it is wallet mm-hmm. breaking. It is wallet breaking, and I'm talking about a street taco, nine dollars. That same taco on the curb outside when you leave in the stadium is three dollars. I, I get I get the drive up, I get the airport pricing. Okay, I get it, I really do. But at some point, when you are selling out, you're making your money back. At some point, you might have to treat it like the masters. Give your fans something that they can come and have an affordable experience without worrying about. Okay, if I go to my family and I, and I, I'm just speaking as a random person with, let's say, for a four-person family, I have to plan to go to one game, one game a month, one game a year for some people, because this one game is going to cost me with tickets and concessions and parking around 500 bucks. Around 500 bucks. That's if you get terrible seats if you get decent seats for a family of four you're looking at about 800 bucks and oh, that's just, yeah. that, that, that's 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 absurd at this point 
it really is absurd in tight times. A, a place like Petco that will make their money should start examining some of these things. Make a family menu. Make a family menu. Give me something that helps the people out who come and fill these stadiums up. I get most of the, pa the Padres fan base is now turning to be more of a younger thing because of where the park's located and the energy around it. You can leave the park and go right into the gas lamp and get wasted. But on a Saturday game, a Saturday day game, a Sunday day game, make this thing affordable, man. Find a way to get families in this window and give back to the people who be giving to y'all. Well, you know, it all starts with the real estate. And that's really where it all starts because, you know, I, I used to work in the food business back in the day. Um, and so I actually got to know some of the guys uh, would come into the comedy club and the restaurant that worked in the ballpark um, loge restaurant. You know, they had the contract, right? Restaurants group would groups bid on these mm -hmm. contracts that are in these areas. So, you know, like they expense out these like concession areas like oh this concession stand is in the upper deck in the right field corner it doesn't get a lot of traffic because it's only getting the people from that right field corner upper deck that are going to the bathroom and coming and going from that area so the lease on this price is not much so maybe what they're gonna vend out of there are just burgers dogs beers peanuts and a pretzel because they're going to limit the options. They don't have a lot of traffic. They're going to get the one that's the low. And then when you're going down in the concourses near the box seats, the loge seats near the first baseline, and you're hitting those concourses, and those are heavily trafficked, heavily flows in and out of the main gates, those are high-priced real estates per square foot. And then that's where a lot of times you'll see the more upper-end food and a lot higher-priced food being served. So that's really where it all starts and that's the sad point that's why augusta can get away with what they do is because they know look ibm mercedes-benz and rolex basically pay us for this whole tournament that's why they break away from the pga tour for that is because they sit there and they go we have three main sponsors we're doing three freaking commercials for this whole <laughs> weekend and it's ibm it's mercedes-benz and it's rolex and they flip the bill for everything they do it all and 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 because the, the the country club owns all that property and they're not having to negotiate a price there isn't lease and city all that craziness that goes into it and that's really where it drives that's where the dollar is driven and it's sad because it's like they could you're right you know they, they don't have to be the street price obviously it won't right be. it's an experience and i'm not saying every game i'm not saying every game if you got a day game on saturday at 105 that's the target for the that's the target for a family. That's the target where you make it affordable for people to attend right. that game. Right. Yeah, like happy hour days, like certain days. Hey, you got a bobblehead day. Have a, you know, concession certain days on the calendar where um family of four, kids eat for free as long as the adults buy something, something to that effect. Right. Where you know, you know, like people aren't gaming the system. They gotta come, they gotta show you the family, and uh you they get a break. So I, I just had to get that off my chest, man, because I've seen I saw that article in the USA Today and I went, what the hell? It is not gone too far. But then I looked up and I was like, wait a minute. That's what it's like at Petco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. So it, it, just bother, it just bothers me, man, because I one of the lasting memories and one of the things about sports that I you can attest to, I can attest to most most men and and, and young ladies now as well. Some of their fondest memories in their life.
is a sporting event with their parent. Like it's a generational thing. A lot of women in sports, they will tell you that they went to this, but they can tell you the particular game that they went to that got them involved in sports, mm-hmm. whether it be with their mother or with their father. Young men, the same thing. Your mm-hmm. children bond with your, your children oftentimes bond with their parents over these moments. That's why fathers and sons were crying when the Chargers moved to Los Angeles. That's why people were standing in front of uh, moving trucks when the Browns attempted to leave for Baltimore. Like these teams, these events, these, these sporting events, they mean more than just a game on the field. And I hope that down the line, some owner, some organization, some sport will realize that and make it affordable every now and then for people to attend and treat it as such. Yeah, man. You know, at some point, something's, it almost feels like something's got to give, but then it yes. never, but then it never really does. It's like the housing market. At some point, you're like, "Hey, man, this got to slow down." At some point, but but when, but when it comes to sports, like the housing market, that they, you know, that that could definitely, you know, whatever. That's a a much larger market, right? Whatever. But like, it always feels like it's about it's something's got to give in this kind of pro sports ticket price, concession price, yeah. parking price. But it never does. It always gets. It always it, keeps going up. It it oh, and they always up. go. Well, if you want a competitive team, you got to be at right. Home, and man. I guess their their whole their whole argument is is look at how busy, look at how long the lines are at the concession stand for an eighteen dollar taco. God forbid we made it nine dollars, <laughs> or you know, God forbid we made it. I mean, you think how long how long would these lines be? We wouldn't be able to make enough tacos if they were you know, or whatever the price, whatever you're selling at these concession stands. So at that point, they're going, good God, I mean, we'd be almost just fools to cut the price in the sense of having to work harder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so we you know, I, like I just want fairness for families, man, as the Padres take on it. the Philadelphia Phillies today, tomorrow, and uh, uh, Thursday. Let's hope they come back two out of three with some dubs because uh, then they got the Giants after that and they start to get your hands dirty in the division. But speaking of getting your hands dirty, I just stumbled right upon that. Uh, Deshaun Watson is speaking to the NFL front office. Uh, the news came out today that his trial will most likely be moved to 2023, which now basically clears the slate for him to play because ideally, as the NFL, what you cannot do is punish – and this is lining up. I mean, this is lining up perfectly well for him and for the Browns, to be 100% honest with you. The NFL can't punish you twice. The team's not going to punish you because they just gave you a, a, a God-level amount of money. So I think at the end of this, if he goes in there with the attitude of, listen, I sacrificed a year of my career because I've done nothing wrong and I'm making this stand to defend myself because I didn't do anything wrong. So therefore, you would be suspending me for what? For what? And I don't think they can answer that question. So right. I don't think he'll be suspended at all. For the I don't think so either until at least – whatever may come out in whatever this trial 2023 is going to be. Yeah. And the one thing that I'll just say about the whole thing, cause you never know what, what's going to come out under, any, under rock and under any rock before this trial, during this season, another, and, and we're in this trial or post this trial, whatever. But as a Browns fan and as a guy that's had to be part of watching all this, you know, Baker Mayfield, Izzy, Kenny, Willie, you know, and then to the to the demise of him into this whole 
you know, s- drama situation with Watson being brought in from what was happening from his life before he was a Brown and now all of this. I will just say this. What I feel good about as a Brown fan, and I think if you can just evaluate this, you know, as a sports person or mouthpiece, whatever you want to say, um, I like how confident of a defendant, I guess, quote unquote, defendant he is. He's not cocky, but he seems confident. He seems confident in, like you said, defending him, himself, you know, clearing his name, going and standing up for himself in a court and not settling in a, you know, or trying to come up with a suspension that's only this and I'll pay this retribution Mm -hmm. and I don't have to admit to certain things or whatever. Like, didn't look for any of those types of deals in the back rooms of courts and suspensions and whatever. So I like that he is a confident defendant, right? Um, as we as we seen that, you know, it's not out of the ordinary that sometimes the man is the victim in certain certain, certain situations, wherever mm-hmm. it's either domestically or in these types of accusations. A lot of times, obviously, yes, uh, it, it is proven to be um, the accusations correctly, but there seems to be a lot of, you know, smolder instead of smoke here. You know, when you talk about when there's smoke, there's fire. There seems to be a lot of kind of wet smolder. I haven't seen a ton of smoke um, other than, you know, uh, multiple ap- accusations. accusations. But then there's there's some holes you can poke in that if you want to get on that side of how all of these this accusations is, this are is... piling up uh, like a car crash. So... This is why I think he will not. This is why I think he he is innocent. And again, I, I don't know the inner workings of this life. I don't know this man, but I know athletes. And two, I know rich people. You know what rich people love to do? Have bad things go away. Mm-hmm. If you're guilty, if yeah, you've done rich, it. Yeah, bad rich people like to have the bad things they did go away. Go away. Yes. And you know what makes things go away? Money. Mm-hmm. And you know what he's got a lot of, even at this point? money so he could afford to pay all these women and this would have never gotten public they would have had to sign in before this contract he could have (laughs) thank you before he got a penny from the browns which he won't get any time soon but because the way the contracts is structured before any of that he could have paid these women to go away and no no one would have ever heard about it he would have kept it moving and everything would have been you know deshaun watson's a great guy look at him working in the community but he chose to fight this because I think he's innocent. Because if I'm as rich as him, I'm not going to go through all, I'm not going to lose a year of my career. My reputation dragged through the mud. If I'm guilty, that's too much of a gamble to take. Yeah. So if I'm him, I'm not doing it. But if I am, because this is what I've always believed, if someone accuses you of something, you're innocent, sue them immediately don't waste no time don't let the public do nothing if a person publicly accuses you of something that you did not do sue them don't beat around the bush take them to court because they're gonna put you in jail if you if you're guilty but if you're innocent and you've been proven you've been accused of something sue and that's this that's what this man is doing he's defending himself because he feels like he's innocent and so it, it it's gonna be interesting 
to see what happens at the league office because I think they can't they, they can't do anything to him other than oh well you know he he's he's made the league look bad he, he hadn't played for a year so what you gonna do suspend him for another year till the court gets worked out when he's telling you he innocent this ain't Ray Rice this isn't Greg Hardy like this man said I'm innocent I got yeah. my hamstring rub that's about <laughs> got my hamstring yeah. and my quad rub and it went a little too happy for some people but you know I paid they accepted and clap, clap, game over. So we'll see, man. I, I'm i watching this trial because this is important to me. But we got so much more on the show. We got a lot of stuff going. We got the second half of the show coming up. Again, everybody, you can always head over to the Mightier 1090 if you're, if you're watching this, if you're getting in your car. Mightier 1090 ESPN. You can always download us via podcast. You can always watch us via YouTube at Kaplan and Crew. Brown and Lawhead will be back right after these messages. Back for the second half of the podcast, John Browner, Jason Lawhead on the Mighty 1090 ESPN, on YouTube, on Twitter, on uh, uh, on Dasher, I, on Dancer, on Prancer, on <laughs> on iHeart illegally. Um, we talked about on the show the price of things, the escalating, the wallet tightening at these ballparks after the PGA Tour announced that they're going to be doing $18 beers and $16 salads, which just made my head explode because you guys know how I feel about salads. And we also talked about the Deshaun Watson. That crowd can afford it, though. You're not worried. Like, that crowd, I like you said, that, just to get back before we go to that crowd isn't the baseball crowd. Like, that's the not the family hoping to go see the big star in town play ball. These are people that, like, rented their mansions out to Tiger Woods that week. Uh, and then are just you know staying at the Four Seasons and then going to the event. That's who that. That's it. They can. They should be a thirty-eight dollar beer. The- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we talked about that. So uh, head over to the iTunes podcast or YouTube if you guys missed it on the Minor Ten Ninety ESP. And you are live, so you just getting it as it comes. Um. We've got the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals started about a half hour ago. The Western Conference Finals starts tomorrow. And for us to make predictions on this show, you know we do a little something we like to call the Browns list. Because you know Angie's list, but now we do the Brown list. So the Brown list this particular time around, because it changes every time, the Brown list consists of coaching, star player, bench, Starting five. that That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. So the team with the most checks at the end, that's going to be our winner. Okay? And we'll pick we'll pick the amount of games, maybe, maybe not, uh, depending on how the check goes. Let's start with the Eastern Conference because it's tonight. We got the, Celt- the Celtics versus the Heat. Jason, I'll let you go first. Coaching. Well, I got to go with the Heat. I mean, you know, um, I, I kind of feel like the, the coaching check marks in both of the, the series matchups we're going to do is kind of kind of the same reason, you know. Um, he's won championships. He's had that team through the ups, through the downs, through roster changes. He's, he's, he's uh, reloaded. He's rebuilt. He's always been there um, with, with good competitive teams, even the years he's missed the playoffs. Most of the time, he's had really good second halves of the season because he's a good coach. So I, I, I got to give the Heat the check mark there. No matter how great the coaching has been, um, 
from the Celtics. And that even has to do with Stevens, you know, being the GM now and was the past coach to hand it over. Uh, so, Spolstra. I'm going to disagree with you. And I think it's Ime Udoka. And here's why. Of the road this year to where both these teams are now meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals to battle for the Larry, Larry Bird trophy, which is still funny when you say it. Who's going through more turmoil? Ime Udoka has. Eric Spoelstra has the lineage. Eric Spoelstra has the track record. Ime Udoka this year had to fight through this team and this organization, the fan base, thinking that this guy was the wrong pick. See, a lot of people don't talk about this. And mm-hmm. this is why this, this is such a surprise to people. But through about 15 to 20 games of the year, people were doubting that the Ime Udoka hire was the right thing to do. They were questioning the game plan. They were guys were not buying in. And then when it all clicked, after the all-star break, this team has been on fire ever since. They've now dispatched Kevin Durant and a healthy Kyrie Irving and a clueless Steve Nash. They then dismantled Mike Budenholzer, Giannis, and Drew Holiday. I I saw I saw the Heat's run up to this point. It wasn't this. The Heat played difficult teams. It wasn't this. And so for me, I've seen Ime Udoka's preparation and his approach to each team be different per player. So he's been able to make in-game adjustments. He's been able to make adjustments against different teams in this series. And so I think Ime Udoka is on the up and up. I've seen Eric Spoelstra. I know what he can do. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing what Ime Udoka can do. And when we put in clipboard against clipboard, I'm going with Ime Udoka. All right. Well, I mean, if you had to, t- if you, I, I respect the reasons why you like him and, and all the things that you cited on to why he's been successful and why the Celtics have had a great season and, and, a, and a season that has, um, you know, you're as you as you said, had to figure things out, um, go through bumps and bruises, and then all of a sudden, once it found its uh, kind of cohesiveness, it just it, it just you know it was contagious. It just you know spread, no doubt. And if I had to give a coach of the year award, if you were to say, "Hey, man, you get a coach of the year award vote, and it's between." Udoka or Spolstra, I'd I'd say Udoka. I'd say the coach of the year, yeah. But if you want to put it on a seven-game series with experience, with all the things that go into coaching, you know, nuances on the road, and you asked me about the check mark for this series, this time, and all the series that Spolstra has seen compared to him, um, I'm going to go with Spolstra in the advantage of this series as the better coach, as the, you know, not won't say better, but... I'll take the advantage Spolstra. And for that reason, uh, I'm going with him. Not because, you know, Udoga didn't have a great year coaching this team. I think he'd be the coach of the year over Spolstra in that sense. Star player. Now, this isn't that much of a breakdown. We're watching. You can see who you got. The star players being Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler. It's a tough call. I mean, I'm going to go. Is it though? Yeah. I mean, I think it is a tough call. I think the way that Butler, uh, you know, 
as much of a, you know, I, I think he, he has an advantage on the defensive end slightly to where Tatum has it on the offensive end. They're both great two-way players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say if you had to weigh the two, you know, I think Tatum, you know, Tatum's probably a, a, maybe because he's, you know, through his the Celtics offense and what the Celtics are designed to be, he's a little bit more reliant to score more points than Butler is in certain situations to get them bailed out. Um, but what Butler brings to that Heat team, I give him a little advantage. I'm going to go Jimmy Butler. Okay. You don't like that, do you? No. We're going to disagree again because – I've just watched Jason Tatum score and defend against Kevin Durant. And I just watched Jason Tatum score and defend against Giannis the Greek freak. I don't dislike Jimmy Butler as a player, but I believe Jimmy Butler is all on reputation at this point. And when people say that Jimmy Butler is a better defender than Jason Tatum, that's because we remember Jimmy Butler making his bones on the defensive end of the court. That guy gone. He's still a solid defender because the Miami Heat play great team defense. So do the Boston Celtics. And that's what makes this conversation such a difficult one. I should have put offense and defense on there, but whatever. I got to tell you, I like the stardom of Jason Tatum. I like his ascension. And I don't think that this is going to be anything different. I think Jimmy Butler will be added to the list of the yellow brick road that this man is paving on his way to the NBA finals. I'm taking Jason Tatum. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it is. It is. That's what I mean. That, a Butler Tatum pick'em is a tough pick'em. I I will say, th- here's who's going to prove who's the better player in the series. I think who's who's going to have the advantage. Let's go look at what those two players do on the road. Okay, let's see what the contribution. Let's see who wins. Let's see who wins the series. Let's see why. Let's see what teams win on the road, and let's see which one of those two players come up bigger for their teams in the plus minus in the, in the amount of, you know, field goal percentage, what, what, what's been done for them. And that'll be the telltale. I'm not saying Butler's going to be the guy I'm saying, I think that's the real kind of judgment there in this series. We'll be able to look at that at the end of the series and see, you know, who, uh, what team advanced, look into those types of games and see who is the better player or players who knows, you know, starting lineups, both teams have injuries. Robert Williams is out for the Celtics. Kyle Lowry is still out with a hamstring issue. Um, Marcus Smart appeared to, they say Marcus Smart had a foot, his foot x-ray, but everything appears to be fine. So he's a game time decision, but as in quote unquote questionable, like we all are on an everyday basis. Marcus Smart, you ain't keeping him out with a foot. So let's see. So who you got? Starters, Miami, Boston. Um, I like I I like I like Miami again in the starters, not by much, but I do like them in the, in the starting roles, um, uh, just balance wise, how they just kind of play, uh, kind of a little bit more consistently. I think as a unit, as a five, I don't think they have to look to Tatum and Brown so much, so so many times to go have these wild games and have to go nuts and stretches. Um, so for that reason, I kind of like the balance that, that Miami brings with the starting five. Okay. 
Uh, the 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 miss the Robert Williams situation is and that's troubling big too. me. Huh? And that's big too. That's the a big Robert reason. the Robert Williams situation is troubling me more at any point in the playoffs than right now because they need him against Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. I don't think Al Horford can guard Bam Adebayo. And he's gonna try. I just don't think he have the foot speed to do so. And the Miami Heat use him for so many things. Um. I'm not a big Grant Williams guy. I mean, you should be able to make seven threes if you or six threes, six or seven threes if you shoot 20 of them in an NBA basketball game wide open. So let's throw him a parade for that. But um, I'm going to go with the Miami starters simply because Robert Williams being out gives them the nod. So I'm going to go Miami as a starter. Yeah, and that's another big reason I liked Miami's as the starters too is um, because of that uh, injury. To Williams and um but yeah I mean bench wise we're going to the bench now we've yes right bench who you got bench I just like I like how Boston uses their bench I just I, I'm gonna give Boston the edge on the bench because I just like how they use it um I like how they get uh, support from the bench, still get, you know, what they get out of Tatum and Brown for the 35 to 40, 40 and change minutes they get out of them. But Pritchard, you know, I love the, I love what he's being able to do off the bench for them. And uh, some nights they come up big in the box score. Some nights they don't, but it, it seems the way they, he uses that bench and gets the, the amount of minutes and, and, and fouls and, the little stats that get stuffed in there with with rebounds and 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 assists and things like that. I'm going to take the Celtics. I'm going to take the Celtics as well, and here's why. I honestly think that the reluctancy of Eric Spolstra to play Duncan Robinson tells me a lot that he does not trust his own bench. They played they they played Dwayne Dedman. A, a considerable amount of minutes and the fact that they couldn't even in, in a, at a time when they were struggling with the shooting Duncan Robinson couldn't get on the floor now that's because he can't guard people but for you not to want to go to one of your highest paid players that's a bad sign for me and that's how I chose the Boston bench and so if we're doing a recap coaching Jason's got Miami star Miami starters Miami bench Boston I've got Boston at coaching. I've got Boston as they star. We both had Miami starters being uh, better, and we both had Boston's bench being better. So who you got in the series? No but games, as, you, as, you, you as we know with basketball, something like that, you could have a team stat sheet that all of the team stats look great right. on one end. Hey, they turned the ball over less. They had more offensive rebounds. I mean, points in the paint were the same. How did this team get beat by 20? Right. right. Um, as much as I, I like those those things, those check marks, um, you know, what we've always known and learned in, in NBA basketball in a seven game series is a guy or two could be just so detrimentally tough enough. And, and if you get enough good things and all of these things were edge outs. Right. I'm like, well, right. I like bolster by a little. I like the starters by a little. I like the star by a little. And I was even able to say, but I'll concede 
let's see what let's look inside the numbers at the end of this series and, and you know i could be totally wrong tatum could be you know a heads and shoulders past this guy i just like the way he's brought that leadership and that grit back to that miami kind of attitude and it fits the theme but man oh man something about something about this series and something about tatum and something about the way the celtics have just been able to um dispose of brooklyn in four uh just go through the ringers with Milwaukee in seven and come out ahead and look good in the games they won when they did win. I, I kind of have a feeling the Celtics are going to win this series in seven. I think the Celtics will win this series as well. I think the Celtics are going to win this series as well, because I think that the, the combination of what Marcus Smart, Jason mm-hmm. Tatum and Jalen Brown are able to do as a cohesive unit kind of outdoes what you get from uh, uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler, and 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 Tyler Hero off the bench. I like Tyler Hero, but you, you're looking at a guy. I'll defend him. <laughs> you're looking at a guy who I think is going to have the hardest time scoring, and he's such yeah. a huge part of what Miami does. But the Celtics are geared specifically for what the Heat are great at. And that is drive uh, penetration and three point shooting. The Celtics have that is literally what they defend best. And so the fact that that is their this is going to be a dog fight. Right. I and- really believe this is going to be a dog fight. I don't know who's going to win, but I'm going to give the edge to the Celtics because I believe Jason Tatum is on the verge of of getting in a a upper echelon that. You have the right of passage. You have to earn through that. And I think this is the last stage of him earning through that in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the Celtics for some reason. It's just my 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 gut is saying Celtics for the way they've been playing uh, throughout their whole, the, the rest of the second half of the season into the playoffs. They're playing the best out of the four teams left, you were to say. They have played and are playing the best basketball and have been tested the most at playing the best basketball it's ironic the to me the one of the wildest things is they literally jason tatum was supposed to be on the 76ers Mm. they traded the pick for markel fultz who now doesn't even play for the sixers so Mm. eat that for lunch um I, let me get let me get to the story because we got about Where, have we done Warriors? We haven't done Warriors. We, we got oh we three minutes we, left. If man, we, we, we spent that much time on the East, huh? Yeah. We probably yeah. should have started with the West. Never yeah. mind. Anyway. So the Yankees pitcher, a guy by the name of Nestor Cortez, said a lot of in bombs and some tweets when he was 17 and 18 years old. Somehow. This resurfaced. Is he Hispanic? Nestor Cortez? Yes. Yes. This surfaced while he was playing in a game pitching against the White Sox. So as a Chicago native, some degenerate took the time to go through all his tweets and find and type in the N-word. And this guy is 26 now, I think. And for... Any individual to be judged on something that they did or language that they spoke at 17, trying to hold this person accountable at 26 or 27, 
when he doesn't tweet like that anymore, he doesn't act like that anymore, he doesn't talk like that anymore. I think we in sports, we have to give these young adults room to grow. They're going to make verbal mistakes. They're going to make physical mistakes. They're going to run foul of the law from time to time because young people make mistakes. Because you're a baseball player doesn't make you immune to it. Because you're a rich basketball or football player, it doesn't make you immune to it. You're not immune to stupidity as a young man because you have money. You're more likely to do stupidity because you have young money. Because you have money. Oh, he's Cuban. So he's Cuban. I don't. I, I I don't see this as a big thing, and I hope it's not seen as a big thing. The guy apologized and didn't even remember saying it, which oftentimes young people tweet so many things they just don't remember. Yeah, did you see the tweets at all? Where what were the contexts of them? Were they like hate rage? They weren't like like you didn't no, they were like they were massive slurs or anything, were they? I mean, he sounded like a guy who listened to too much rap music as a young man. Okay, there you go, and he's Cuban, you know, Cuban, you know, Cuban guy. That's just that that culture is just they, you know, they're kind of just say whatever got problems too. Yeah, I'm just saying, but that kind of call the Cuban guy, they just kind of say whatever. They say whatever. Like, it's like saying, you know, sometimes, you know, you say the F word in the slur sense of, you know, uh, male, alternative lifestyle, male, whatever. Like, yeah. people like, it's just, that's just sometimes you're right. And when you're 17, 18, God, if we were all judged by all the things we did and said at that age, there'd be no reason to have a future adult population. We would, none of us would be around. There so would be no reason. Right. So let, let's take this for what it is. A young man who made some mistakes, grew as an, got to a country where there were more people who didn't walk like him, talk like him, eat like him and be like him and became a better American, became a great New Yorker. So hats off to him. And hopefully all this is behind him because this show is behind us. Jason will be on the big show tomorrow, even though this show is big too. talk to him tomorrow. Brown and Lawhead. See you next week. Peace.